welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. I wanted to start today with this statement, when our hearts switch from gratitude to lack, and it's an open door to the less instead of the more. Light, rejected, hardened hearts. Light, rejected, hardened hearts. You know, one thing that that you can hang your hat on, take to the bank, is that that the Holy Spirit is always in pursuit of hearts. He will never, 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 never relent. It's one of the things that I love about him so much. That he's unrelenting until that your heart is fully his. Don't you love that about him? I really love that about him. You know, when we, when we lose sight of, of who he is first, then we lose sight of who we are. Things get dark to us. Yes. You know, the challenge of what we talked about Wednesday night is to actually do something with it. You know, I had a couple people that... that told me they had some things they needed to make amends for with other people. And, and I gave them a deadline. It was yesterday. They had to fix it by yesterday. Why? Why do we, you know, we, we let things go and we let things go and we let things go. And they, it actually, the light is God showing us how we are to interact with each other, especially in the family of God. And so when we reject that, our heart becomes hardened. And so I, I want, I'm saying that to say that, you know, I love in Daniel, I have it here. He said, those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky at midday. And those who make many righteous will shine as the stars forever and ever. Isn't that interesting that the way God sees humanity is that we are capable of teaching others to be righteous and therefore shine. Did you have something to say? And so when God gives us a word like he did Wednesday night, it's really important to take it really seriously because that's really on his heart. You know, sometimes, like today, I, I'm just overwhelmed with how much He loves us, how much He pursues us, how much He wants us to know who we are in Him. You know, He never, God is never doing anything to make us feel like that we're not worth it or we're no good or nothing. You know, all of that, if you think about it, all of that was just painted on us. You know, it's interesting because Christy was telling me, you know, she's been reading the Heaven book and she just gives me little snippets because that's all I can handle, handle, you know. But she was saying that when a prophetic artist paints, that with every stroke, there's an orchestra in heaven and they play a note. So it kind of feels like likewise, you know, all these things that were painted on you that were not of God, they're not making any melodies in heaven. For you to regurgitate it and act like it's true about you, you know, you're. I feel like that the enemy is causing us to not actually function in our own destinies by making us focus so intently on some lie of his. Did anybody have any lies today while you've been sitting in here? And the enemy 
Why? Why do you think he does that? Why does he want to distract? What's the goal? What's the goal for you personally? You know, it's different for everyone. But see that what we have to become more proficient in is that everywhere he's so intent on lying and distracting, that's actually a place of amazingness we're missing out on. And I don't know if you understand this yet, but like if you didn't get anything out of this worship service, we'll never have this one again. This was a moment that God was doing something on a supernatural level. Maybe it was above your pay grade, but he was still doing it in the room. And if, if you feel like you missed it or you feel like you didn't get it, then you know, that's just a distraction of the enemy. Just being in the room means that you had an experience. You know, the enemy's a punk and he's really, really consistently punking you in the same place over and over and over. And so therefore, it causes you to never be in the position where you're just wrestling around with him. And that's, I think it's just really important. I just, I went back and listened and I just think it's really good what Christy said. And I said something really good too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, most of the time I say something then she comes up and interprets it. But you know, I came up and told y'all what the Holy Spirit wanted you to do with what she was saying, and you could reapply that over and over and over. And I think that, I think we want to be this Daniel 3, don't, 12, 3, don't you think? We want to be these shining people. We want to lead others to righteousness. We want to be what I read about in Song of Solomon that we were singing about. Right? You know, I I think that I've been talking a lot about the eyes of the covenant. You know, things in the supernatural, we may say eyes in the supernatural, but I think it, I said it earlier, it translates in the natural. Like when I say I hear God, it's not necessarily an audio, audio, is that the word? Audible, that's the word. Audible, I left the B-L-E. And the B-I-B-L-E off the end. And it's not necessarily audible to my natural man, but it feels to my natural man like I can hear it. And so that's why, you know, today it's really important that, let me say it again, that light rejected hardens hearts. So light was given to you Wednesday. Right? That's, that's what light looks like. You can interchange truth. You can interchange faith. You can interchange lower. It's, it's an illuminating force that it's meant to show you something in you that is easily adjusted or repented of or changed or disciplined to move you into a greater anointing, a greater purpose. It's it, remember this, just like if you were if you were a boss and you owned your own company. Hopefully, you would have enough boundaries as an entrepreneur to know that you would require something of your employees. Right? It would be unwise to operate a company and let the children of the company, I mean the people that work at the company, decide how they're going to operate. See, one of the things that makes Pam and I a good entrepreneur is that we are (laughs) self-regulated. That means no one has to call me and make sure I am coming to work. Nobody has to call me and make sure that I'm working on stuff off time maybe working at something at midnight that comes the Holy Spirit wakes me up and says, here, let me help you with this drawing. It means that I am regulated by another source besides making money or customers. And see, it's the same with your destiny. You know, I don't know if you remember this, but I am trying to get you this year to apprehend some portion, if not all, of your destiny and remain in the lane 
of your destiny without getting distracted by a bunch of other things people suggest you should pay attention to. Some of you are not good at this. You are jack of all trades and you're master of not one destiny. Trust me, if you don't get the main component of the main part of your destiny in place and it's solid, you will flitter around changing jobs, changing relationships, changing churches, changing things in your heart, even if you don't l- 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 word, logistically change. That's a good one, yeah. right? And I'm just trying to help you today because, see, there's there are ways to interact with a spirit that you're never going to change. You're not going to alter the way that he speaks. You're not going to... Get this special Holy Spirit that does for you different than everybody else. It's going to always come through humility and surrender. It just is. And he has, you know, I think I have for probably 40 years felt like, like I have to do something with this life of mine. I have to. I have to. I can't sleep it away. I have to do something with this life of mine. And, and so when the Holy Spirit said to me years ago, teach people to hear my voice, you know, that was, that was a thing back then. I never dreamed that all of y'all would be able to, I didn't dream of what it, I didn't see the part of what it would look like when everybody hears his voice. I just hope somebody would want to. But now that everybody can hear his voice, there's all kinds of puzzle pieces and words and all kinds of, it's, it's too much for me. And so you become the managers. You become the owners of the ability to hear his voice. I don't know if you know that yet, but you're the owners. And you can sit back And you can throw a little text at me if you want and want me to insert that somewhere in this big master plan or you can own the vision and realize you either participate in the vision daily or you participate on that day where something pops up that you had a dream about or you had a word about or you had something about and I found it and stuck it somewhere and then, then you'll be like, oh, that's my purpose. That's not your purpose. So when our hearts switch from gratitude to lack, then it is an open door for little. You want the more? I don't know about you. Who said you weren't supposed to have more? Trust me, if you don't want the more, you need to fix that. And see, it's not... It's not the more just in any old random way. You know, Lynn challenges me in the area of the more all the time. You know, I'll, I'll get to a place where I think, oh, hey, we're, we're good right here. We're just going to breathe for a minute. And then she will send me a text about something that is so beyond my grid that I have to wrestle with the Holy Spirit to find why she keeps coming up with random things. But I know it's the Holy Spirit because I know He never... You need somebody like that in your life, is my point. Pam and I, we would be good with our one scoop of ice cream and we'd just share it. Pam and I would be good, you understand. We would, but now Cheetos, that's a different match. She would... We would be good, you understand? We would be good with a level just better. That's why you need a, a noble person in your life to, to expand your ability to believe with the Holy Spirit for the more. If you don't have that, I propose to you, you're already living from lack. 
What if you fall to the bottom of the well and you think you're on the mountaintop? You see, why is more needed? Why is the exercise of this faith of ours needed? Why, why is it that it needs to continually have cardio? Why is it that it continually needs to expand? Why? Because there's mountains to be moved. There's mountains in people's lives that you see every day that need to be moved. And if you haven't begun to exercise the ability to increase and, and motivate your faith and experience more, see, it's not, your faith was not even meant for just you. You know, Christy's been reading this feeler book, you know, and of course she starts from the beginning and I'm like, you know, I'm like, I don't need any of that beginning stuff. I'm, I just go down to like 10 or 11, you know, and she's like, oh, you know, why are you reading ahead? <laughs> but I was telling that for a reason. Something you read in there. Oh, she read in there whew, for a second there. We were going to be in a pickle. She was reading where this guy that has this feeler gift that every single time a certain way that the Holy Spirit wants to operate in him happens, she get, he gets a, le, a pain in his left eye. And so, I, you know, I've been teaching her this for a long time, even though we didn't call it that, you know, I didn't get it all written down just like that. But I'm just like, that's what goes on with you. You know, I've been saying it for years, right before you have an, a major revelation, you have an onslaught of fear. And she's navigated that all differently throughout all these years. But now, I mean, she just comes in here today and she's having a random feeling, you know, which I have none of those hardly. So I'm just like, okay, try to describe it to me. Of course, in the natural, it just sounds idiotic probably. I don't know how it feels to her, but it makes no sense. And so that's why you have to put on some other glasses. That's why you have to put on the eyesight of the supernatural. Because can I propose to you that what she was feeling this morning, the Holy Spirit did in worship today. I don't even know for sure if it all translates to her, but what I heard and when he downloaded to me, that all made sense to me. I'm not for sure that even she totally can just say, well, I just get it, Tisa. Just all means. But I'm like, I told her that she's the, and I'm the, whatever. <laughs> I can't remember those two words either. Yeah, I was telling her the other day, I said, well, you're just the gatherer. You just gather all the feelings and all the stuff that I don't have, and then I'll take it and I'll scatter it out to where it has some semblance. Of, I'm, I'm the seed putter in her. That's my job. So you got to understand what your job in the kingdom is. Don't be mad that you don't have my job. My job comes with pressures you may not want. Your job, it's, it's not all glamour. There's a war. There's a war for people's lives in this room. There's a war for people's lives. I see a lot of people throughout the week. There's a war for their lives. I'm just trying to train up enough people that won't think when we're going into the war that it's us. That we'll at least feel like I have enough armor on, enough equipment on, enough power of the Holy Spirit, enough angelic activity that I could run through a troop and jump over a wall if need be. Or I'm going to be knocked off my feet just because my pinky toe hurts. Do you understand? There's just a way of operation with the Holy Spirit that we are carrying this power and this victory. And, and he's given us, do you understand? I don't know if I can capture it in words today, but there's a grasp of how much Jesus did for us. This actual covenant that he's provided, that it's an, it's an actual operating system it's an actual functioning entity that it, it actually has components and expressions and powers and it actually has a purpose and actually has a direction and actually has a leading and actually does something on the earth it's not just a piece of paper that you stick in the drawer 
It's not one of those old trophies that you just hung on the wall somewhere that no one remembered anymore. It actually builds with time. It actually grows with your experience. It actually performs something through you that no other person on earth that isn't part of that covenant gets to do. You're privileged. You know, Easter is Sunday. This next Sunday, I didn't know if you knew. It was really early this year. But, you know, I was thinking during worship. I'm just messed up today. I'm sorry. I'm trying to not go into ugly cry. But I was just thinking during worship, you know, this is the week Jesus was on trial. Being accused of all kinds of things that you have never been accused of. You know, the threat of being crucified on a cross doesn't exist in our world. We don't even have that great of a fear of punishment. I mean, really. But do you remember what I said? He counted it joy. What a man. Man just like you, Phil. Jesus, just like you, counted it joy that he would endure. Do you think he'd ever seen a crucifixion before? I absolutely believe he had. I actually believe that that's why he was in the garden sweating drops of blood because he knew the physical pain he was about to endure at some level. But yet... He counted it all joy for you. He counted all joy that he would take your punishment, he would take your pain so that he could make it easier for you than it was for him. What what kind of love is that? That's how you can say, why are you so happy? Why do you just skip to my loo? Why are you so crazy? Why do you do these crazy, happy things? Because you just know how much he loves you. Go hog wild. You know, I believe in this end time that God is actually going to restore our emotion of passion. You know, I'm not ashamed to be up here and be all messed up and barely be able to talk and not even talking about anything I thought I was going to talk about. I'm not ashamed because why? Because I have such a passion to express his love. Like I've tasted, I've felt it, I've smelt it, I've walked it, I've lived it. It's everything that oozes out from me is that I know that I know that I know that he loves me. I don't have time to think about if I'm going to mess up or if he doesn't like me or if I'm a disappointment. I don't have time for any of that because I'm so enthralled with how much he loves me, how much he likes me. Like I see everything about me every time the enemy tries to come in and tell me all kinds of stuff. He tells me stuff too. It's laughable because he loves me. Am I going to mess up? Yeah, I just messed up this morning with Shooty. But I don't remember it because he loves me. She has to get like me and not remember it because he loves her. See, we keep track. We're trying to get everybody to be all perfect to us and treat us all just right and make sure that everybody just thinks of me when you're nobody's thinking about you as much as you. I'm incapable of thinking about you as much as you. So if your expectation, I was talking to somebody the other day and I said, well, you know, you go on these websites and you create a fantasy, an expectation of what is something's going to be like, but then reality sets in. And then you actually get the new shirt or get the new nails or get the new hair or get the new glasses. You know, I got these new glasses and I can't see a darn thing out of them. It's so frustrating, right? And so it never, I said to them, your E, your expectation is never the R, the reality. See, but if I get God's E, 
is the only E that overwhelms me. It's the only E that the reality is bigger and better. You know, if I've only lived off of my own E for a long time, I've lived so small. You know, I was thinking today during this encounter I was having with him, and I didn't know all about the cataract and the waterfall and all that that happened during worship warm-up, but I had wrote that the washing of his love removes all blindness. That's why I want to position myself to have an encounter with his love as much as I need to where I don't operate blind. Now see, that encounter I had with God this morning, it probably wasn't even five minutes. But see, I've had so many, sorry, that that five minutes means it changes my whole world in a second. I didn't even need five minutes, honestly. Because in that moment, all my experiences of love come back. And all the things that used to be in the way are so far in the distance, just they just got washed down the river. And see, if you don't have that experience, you need to keep having more experiences with love until it happens that quickly for you. Can I tell you that you may have to sit in an encounter position? I taught this 10 years ago. Sitting in a position ready to have an encounter until I have one, not until the time's up, your time. You see, until I'm ready to do that, then there, I am, I, there's no reason to apprehend my destiny if I've not been apprehended by love. Because yes. as, as much as I want to, and I've got good intentions, and I just, I will make it about me. Yes. See, if we, had, if we would teach this to our children, don't get married until you know why you would be married. Paul said it was better to not be married, and all the marriages know why. I've been married. It's way easier to be single. But if I'm going to be married, it's unto a purpose. It's an elective. Did you know that? It's not even required by God. Your purpose is independently your purpose. Your purpose is not connected to if you're married, if you become married, if you have children, you have an additional purpose. The additional purpose is now you're not your own even more times whatever. And now you have to breathe equal life into all of the entities that you decide to birth. It's further, further and further away from being about you. But see, I propose to you that the same purpose that you would have breathing on your kids is the same purpose you had whether you had kids or not. Just seems if you figure that out. See, that's why we can't hitch our ride onto making sure another human being exists because my purpose is a standalone between me and God. If I am able to unify, it will be prettier, easier more anointed, expanded. One will put a thousand to flight, hook up with two. Me and Pam could do way more than 10 now. Hook up to 10 more. I don't even know, Lynn, that math is... What's above a trillion now? One of the Gillillians? Gilligans? It's a Gilligan. More than by yourself. If you want to gilligan up, then get hooked up with more people. It's a multiplying. And see, that's why he loves unity. That's why it says in the Bible, he loves, 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 loves unity. Because he knows what has to happen to your soul to actually unify with another human being. And he loves the process of your old Adam nakedness being laid aside by you on purpose to experience the more. He loves that. You see, what we've done is we've, 
We've tried to unify with things that didn't want to unify with us. And we became disillusioned, disappointed. Right? And so then we wrote a script for ourselves. Nobody wants to unify with me. It's too hard. It's too much. It requires too much. But see, what you have to get to the place, which I live in this place every day, is that lives depend on me. Lives depend on me unifying with the Holy Spirit and the Father and Jesus and my buddies, my unifiable buddies. And you know what? Since I die daily, I really can only unify with those who die daily. Y'all keep trying to unify with people who haven't died daily and you wonder why you're unequally equally yoked. Sorry, it's not a stutter. It's another thing. This isn't what you think. I said it on Wednesday, I think, or Sunday, the reason the Son of Man was revealed is to undo and destroy the works of the devil. That's 1 John 3. See, there's a reason that the Holy Spirit lives within you. And see, think about it. If Jesus came to undo the works of the devil and he lives in you, and the Holy Spirit is in you too. So you're one part. They're the majority. Do you agree with that? Then you have to let the majority win. You can't say one day, God, I want everything you have for me. I want the more. I want your presence. I surrender all. And the next day, well, I'm not going to talk to anybody about that. I don't need to. I'm independent island. I'm good. I'm solid. You know, you can't switch games back and forth. It's kind of like playing football one day and basketball the next. And one day you'll show up at the basketball court with your football helmet and you'll look like an idiot. That's the way it is in this war too. You can't show up to the battle with the enemy with selfish weapons. He'll hitch his pony right on that ride and y'all ride that down for a year, two years, three years, 20 years. Think about it. If he's saying that spiritual blindness is eradicated by a waterfall encounter with the Holy Spirit, what's true in the natural? What eradicates natural blindness? Isn't it interesting that the same word cataract is used for loss of sight? It's actually a cloudiness. You haven't lost your sight. Something just clouded it over. That's where some of you are when you get clouded in your destiny. You do things. You're walking around like a blind person spiritually. What do blind people do? Do they drive a car? No. Do they watch TV? Probably not. We do things blind that we don't do when we're seeing. Can you translate this metaphor into your spiritual life? That the, I just said the antidote to spiritual blindness is an encounter with his love. And so if you have spiritual blindness, you're going to have to position yourself in your little room at your little house to have a supernatural encounter with him. Because that eradicates blindness. I love Proverbs 20, 12. It says, lovers of God have been given eyes to see and ears to hear from God. Who? All people everywhere? All people everywhere doing anything they want to do. No, what does it say? Lovers of God. That's part of the package. He first loved, so I second loved. You're never the first lover. You had no part in your redemption. Zero part. He wooed you. And wooed you and wooed you and wooed you and wooed you. He kept saying, you can have a better life than you have now. I woo, I woo, and I woo. And because I do, then you turned and saw my love was so amazing that you came running into the arms of love. 
And see, in this life, this side of eternity, that's where you're living right now. you got this one life. If you ever wonder, <laughs> this one life, it's on this side. This life is, it has been given to you as a gift to see what you can plant in this life that looks like him. It's not about whether you're good or bad. You're good. He didn't make bad. So we don't need to keep answering that question. Can we solid that up today, please, people? <laughs> it's not about whether you mess up or don't mess up. We need, let's make that one solid. It doesn't matter. I'll go so far as to say, whether you sin or don't sin, that doesn't matter. You can make a lifestyle of sin. That's a problem. I don't think anybody in here is trying to make a lifestyle of sin. Can we see the difference? Yes. So if I sin, what did I say last week? It means I'm evil or immature, A or B. Somebody follow with me, please. And I'm not evil. I'm immature. Yes. You can go to heaven immature. I don't want to not work on my immaturity, though. But I'm going to have it. I'm going to have it. You're immature. I mean, I'd run to somebody and say, just tell me. I mean, I want people to tell me. Where am I immature? Where am I immature? You're not doing anybody or yourself any favors to act like you're hiding your immaturity. And cloaking it with some lip service that you know that you're supposed to say. Because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So, you know, it'll come out whether you're really truthful or not. So the lovers of God have been given eyes and ears. They have to go together in the supernatural. See, when, when I hear something then I naturally become a doer of what I hear. Everybody in here does. So if I say something today that's challenging you and you don't want to do it because it sounds too hard, if I said, hey, you want to have an encounter with God and His love, and you say, well, if your first thing is, well, I don't know how to do that, then you won't do it. Because you've already said over your life, I don't know how. You won't pursue asking someone. You will just have decided. So guess what? The next time I talk about this love of God and I'm standing up here having an encounter with love and I'm trying to express it to you the best I can. And I'll say again, you better get yourself positioned to have a love encounter. You'll say again, I don't know how. I didn't know how last time. I don't know how this time. Not going to happen for me. And guess what? It will not happen for you. Because, see, once I've encountered love on, in this life, this side of eternity, it requires an action. I love, and I mean, I've been loved, so therefore I have to love. And if I'm not good at loving and people tell me, see, the one thing we have to remember is that Love isn't just doing for someone what you decide you want to do and you get to stamp it love for them. See, you have a target for love. Let's just use marriage again since I'm on that today, clearly. So if your husband loves chicken, I'm trying to make it really simple because marriage can get locked down, you know. <laughs> Loves chicken, and you show up every day with pork, a pork chop, a pork loin. Now, a man's going to say, well, it's just great. I don't have to cook, and they'll eat it. Just, that's just how good men are. They're, when it comes to food, not big complainers. Not that picky normally. Right, men? Man, that men are weak. Did you hear that? I said, right. I said, right, men. And they went. 
I should have started with the women first. But if you get them a chicken, see, they're thinking steak. That's why they're not going to play with me. But when you get them a chicken, they're going to be like, mm, I'm loved. They got me the thing I love. Okay, go with filet. They got me the thing I love. Now we can participate. It's the same way with women. If you get them flowers, they don't like flowers. Then that's not going to say, that's going to, they're going to say the same thing. Well, that's nice. And they'll receive them and they'll look at them and they'll think they're pretty. But it wasn't for them. It was what you thought because someone you heard somewhere, something said something. See, you understand that love means I want to go toward you and I want to learn about you. I love you, so I want to learn. You know, I told you that example of Chrissy and I, how that most introverts I know love vanilla ice cream. But oh, contrary, she just breaks the mold on everything. And so I'm like going, self-sacrificing, getting this vanilla ice cream just with her, you know, just when I first met her. And then one day, I don't even know how it came up, but I found out, why are we getting this vanilla? I was like, oh, well, I thought we were getting it because you liked it. Well, I don't want it. I want chocolate. I was like, well, I want chocolate too. This is like, it's my birthday. This is my birthday. I mean, like, we're now we're all getting chocolate. See, that's what we do for people. When we do it, can you translate it? Not food. But in just our interaction with each other. You know, if you live at a ministry house, do you know what? You're never going to have this chance again. And so you have to invest in why that God put you there. He didn't put you there to be independent and never meet up and never talk and never do anything. If you think that's going on at my ministry house, you are wrong. It is to interact and to rub all of that grit off of you because you've got so many prickly things all over you. You've got to be interacting with people for it to work. You're not just there to pay some rent and have a place to live and you could do that by yourself in an apartment. It's meant to get the grit off of you. So why? So when you go to love, you're not selfish anymore. Oh my gosh, it's 1.15. I have to read a couple of scriptures. In Ephesians, what chapter are we in? Uno. Ephesians 1. It says, through, verse 11, through our union with Christ, we too have been claimed by God as his own inheritance. Another privilege of the covenant, you have been claimed by Father God as Father God's inheritance. What is an inheritance? Let's just go over it again because I'm going to be we're going to be we're going to be singing this new inheritance song soon, and we're going to be talking about the new inheritance. You're it. You're an inheritance to the Creator of the universe. That should change your trajectory of why you're on the planet. Listen, before you were even born, he gave you your destiny. That you would fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes every purpose and plan in his heart. So do you understand? He is the motivator. That's why it's so important I learned to yield, not strive. See, we've got the people in the room who are over-responsibles that they're always finding a way to get back into striving because it just feels good. It just feels good. It feels like, okay, this feels like I'm doing something. And we got our people who are lazy butts, and they don't get out of bed and do anything, and somebody's always trying to motivate them. Hey, let me... The, the over-responsibles are always trying to come up with stuff for the under-responsibles to do, and they're mad at the under-responsibles because they don't do it. Am I right or wrong? And see... If we understand, if we lean into God, He's got it all. So we meet somewhere in the middle. You know, I've done a lot of marriage counseling. And in marriage counseling, it's always this. I want them, whether it be he or she, to do more and they want to do less. That's the big rub in marriage counseling. Right? 
Because why? Relationally, we look at what we think needs to accomplish and we think the other person should have the same passion about it. But see, honestly, God basically said that when you get married, you die to all those ways. So there should be natural, it should be a natural meet in the middle. The under should move to the middle and the over should move to the middle. It shouldn't happen naturally because that's what he intended. That's why marriage occurs. It's so that it, it's the instant way to rub off all of our selfishness. And see, in God's mind, we can't do anything in our destiny and be selfish. And you are. I mean, it's not a bad thing. You just are selfish. You think about you. When you think about doing something, you think about what's comfortable for you and how you would do it. If you don't meet up with somebody, you unify with somebody that does it completely different than you, you don't even know what I'm talking about today. So he jumped on down to 15 and said, Because of this, since I heard about your strong faith in Lord Jesus and your tender love toward all his devoted ones, my heart is always overflowing and full and thanks and, and with thanks to God for you. So verse 17 is what I really want to read. I pray that the Father of glory, did we read it, sing about that today? Yeah. Sweep me away in your glory. Why? Yeah. Why do we want that? Why do we want to be swept away in his glory? What does that even mean? Does anybody know why we were even singing that? Does anybody even know what it means? The God of our Lord Jesus would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom. Did you hear the word impart? How do you impart something to somebody? You give it to them. And what do they do? If they receive it, they do what? They take it. Have you taken the spirit of wisdom from the Holy Spirit? If you have taken it, it's going to want to operate. It's going to want to operate somewhere in life. Now you need to check it. You need to have a system in place to check and see if this is the spirit of wisdom or the spirit of stupid. You didn't hear me. You need to have a system in place where you can check it and say, is this the spirit of wisdom or the spirit of stupid or the spirit of Tisa, the spirit of your name? Why? You're inexperienced. You'd smear your boogers on it. You don't know. You would smear, you would use it inappropriately. You would not treat it as valuable as it is because you don't know what you have. That's why you need to check it. So when someone says, oh my gosh, that's so cool that you heard that and then you saw that. Then you begin to have an indicator. Oh, my left eye hurts whenever somebody's going to get healed of cancer. Instead of going to the emergency room to see why your left eye hurting, because they can't find anything in there, because it's the Holy Spirit. That's the spirit of wisdom. Mm -mm, Y'all didn't get it. I feel like y'all didn't get that. He imparts to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know Him through your deepening intimacy with Him. That tells me a big thing. I am operational with this covenant at a higher level the more intimate I am with God. And what, is, what did we learn intimacy means? Letting Him see into me. I wish I would just forsake hiding for the rest of your existence on the earth. It's such a wasted activity. It's such a waste. Don't fake who you are. Bring the real you. If it's immature, mature it. If it's wrong, cut it off. Why? Because it's a, it's a wasted amount of time. Please, please, please listen to me. It's, it's a waste of your time. It's a waste of your time. Just think of what you could do with this precious little bit of time you have if you didn't spend it on wondering if you should work on something. So hiding it for three years, acting like it'll go away. I'll just work on it by myself. So after we've done that, right? 
That's just one verse. Then, verse 18, I pray that the light of God, listen to what this verse says in light of what I just said about how that he's imparting to you something in the process you need to go through, right? So then he says, I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination. See, my imagination looks different when I've gone through the process of intimacy. My imagination looks like the world when I look on Pinterest all the time, trying to see what on there I can dream about and get. My E from Pinterest has a downgraded R. My E in the kingdom has an upgraded R. Because your imagination is so powerful because if you can't imagine it, you cannot have it. So if you cannot partner with the Holy Spirit, he says, the thing that's going on right in front of you at work ought not to be. Can you see it the way I see it? If I haven't gone through the passageway of intimacy, I'm just going to see it and comment about it as it already is right now, not commenting about it the way it should be. And so my experience on earth changes if my imagination has been rebirthed through intimacy. Then when I see people in circumstances, I know whether to have boundaries or whether to have mercy. It says, I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light. Have you had this experience yet? Have you ever had your imagination be used for something otherworldly? How's that feel? Don't you want to repeat it? Don't you want to just make a formula out of it? Like maybe, okay, I drank cran apple at 9, and then I had a chicken from at, at 12.02, I was in line, and then at 1 o'clock this cool thing happened, so let's just repeat that. Now see, he's wanting to do that all the time. Listen, humanity is less capable of all he wants to do than he's capable of doing. We, we just, we are just, we're just capable of so much, but we're, but we're living so below our capacity right now. Oh, I wish y'all could get this. Are they getting it? Do you think so? You help them. Okay. If they don't get it, because I'm done after I. Flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of His calling. That looks like expansion to me. So here I've decided to be intimate. I've decided to make opportunity for intimacy. I've got all this revelation and wisdom going on. I mean, it's more, trust me. If you live where I live, there's so much revelation and wisdom going. I am just, I mean, I'm just moving this all day long. Just, yeah, I'm moving all all day long. It's the best life ever. There's not, there's no timeouts. This is what we do. This is what I do. This is, I do this with my life all day and all night. Had a 61 last night on my sleep score. Flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. What is the full revelation of the hope of his calling? It says, to what he called you to do. So that tells me that what I'm called to do infuses me with hope. It makes you get up when you're tired. Because you can't not do your calling. Once it's been illuminated to you, once the light has come in, you're like, this is me. You cannot not do it. If you don't live there yet, get back to 17. Get back into the intimacy pack. It says, I love it because he goes, that is, Paul, that is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us. Y'all should go home and reread this. Do you understand all of this? These two scriptures are about all this abundance 
of inheritance you are to him, that he wants operational in you wisdom, revelation, intimacy, imagination, hope. I mean, it's just all going on. Why? To scatter all around. So you just walk around. Say, here you go. Remember, just scattering, scattering seeds and hope and joy. So when they say, why are you so happy? Because I know he loves me. Because I know he loves me. And then I love this. Verse 19, I'll finish here. Even though I haven't even started on what I was going to talk about. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Now see, I've got this new car. And it has a bunch of availabilities on how it will drive. I can drive it like manual, like standard. I can shift. I don't have time for that. <laughs> it has a sunroof. And the, and the sun just gets in my eyes. I don't have time for all that. Right? But see, it's available. Now, Lynn, everything, it, she's using everything. She's got the sunroof open, music light, getting her car to move her car, and the music is up at five decibels higher than my ears can hear. It's all on. It's all going on. See, that's just it. We all access this immeasurable greatness at different levels. It's just an invitation. It's never going to, there's not, the standard of stuff, the immeasurable greatness doesn't change. It's always immeasurable. It's how much you access out of the abundance. He's wanting you to access it and he's wanting you it to change you. He's wanting you to mature for the more. He's wanting you to work on immaturity because he has so much work. Come on, Mendel. <laughs>fun fun fun well um those scriptures just to remind you that was ephesians one is it one yeah starting in verse 17 i believe such a powerful powerful scripture um tisa read that over the worship team a couple months ago i think and i had a really powerful encounter um after that that led to some more revelation down the road. And I know Shooty just had a recent revelation that was tied in with this scripture. So lots of revelation available and encounters available from that scripture. So definitely go back and read that. Um, you know, I hope that since Wednesday's message that it's kind of lit a fire under each of you to go back and read your word, maybe more than you were before and really look at it with new eyes. Um, I've started my list back up of, you know, my go-to scriptures. For, so if I'm feeling a spirit of intimidation, I've got some scriptures ready, you know, and I've, I'm just making a list. I'm just going to keep adding to it. And when you open your eyes to look for that, it's amazing how much is really available, you know, and if you, it's, I really recommend doing that because if you wait till you're in the midst of a battle, it's harder to see them. So um, in that, with all of that in mind, um, I'm, I'm feeling like the overall message today, you know, that word that I read before worship, one of the main messages in it was that to look to his emotions to set our pace. And so it kind of reminded me that I think what a lot of us do is we experience his love kind of at the beginning of our journey, or we, we check that little box like, yes, I know he delights in me. And then we take off running and do it our own way and our own thing. And we interpret everything through our own operating systems. And then we can't figure out why it's not working real well. Well, this, um, that, that word to me about his emotions leading us and setting the pace, it reminds me that we have to stay in the center of his love throughout our whole walk. You know, it, it is from his love that, that everything is fueled, that we, everything happens, though everything that Tisa read, everything that happens in this scripture in Ephesians 17, it starts with knowing how much he loves us. And of course, that intimacy with him where we love him in return, it's a back and forth thing, realizing that we are his inheritance and what that actually means. I mean, that's where your fuel is. That's your, your fuel, your passion, everything comes from, from realizing the depth of how much 
God desires you, how much he wants you, the depth of that, that's your source. And then that's also your leading as you walk through life. And so this was a, the word that I read that he gave to me yesterday was about um, us going to a higher level of operating in that, of looking at his face. That's why we sang that song today. For, it came about in a roundabout way. Um, the Holy Spirit was speaking to that through a few different people about that face-to-face, that place of living face-to-face from him. And it's all about knowing his emotions, how deeply he cares. And that is, I mean, everything just keeps going back to that for me. Um, one of the scriptures that I made note of in Romans 8, Romans 8 is packed full of promises. So it's a great place to start. Romans 8, if you want to start a list of go-to scriptures to stand on um, in times of battle to pray from and to declare over yourself, Romans 8 is really, really powerful. And so I wanted to read this um, verse 37 through 39 over you because I'm seeing it in even a new light. It says that yet even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all for God has made us to be more than conquerors and his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. His demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. So if you remember last Wednesday, I was saying it was his demonstration of love that brought us into the new covenant. And so the uh, having eyes, spiritual eyes and ears of the new covenant is first, it's first about seeing what he demonstrated about his demonstrated love and it, everything that we want to see through those spiritual eyes and spiritual ears through the new covenant has to start with seeing the love aspect. It's, it's not just about saying, okay, now I'm loved and now I need to go and do my purpose. And so I want to be able to see in the spirit realm in order to do my purpose. That comes after the love part. And the love part always has to stay in front. It goes on to say that, so now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. Now just take that and expand that. It's not like, yep, I got the check mark. I know I'm good. It means nothing can actually come between you and the power of his love. Nothing can come between you, the power of the covenant that he made with us. Nothing can come between that. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death. We're good on that, right? Life's troubles. That's where we get stuck most of the time, right? It's just life's troubles. But love, nothing can come. His love will triumph over life's troubles. It will triumph over fallen angels. So when the enemy's trying to go after you. Or dark rulers. That was one of the aspects of the enemy that we talked about on Wednesday night, that those spiritual attacks come through. There's nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. There is no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. And so I know that's a verse that we've often read and we've maybe heard frequently, but I just challenge you to go back and reread it with these latest messages in mind because it, it really speaks volumes more than maybe what you thought before. But if you get out of that position of being just infatuated with him, with out of that position of being captivated by his love, where that you are not operating in your day, with that first on the forefront of your mind, then there's a good chance you're going to get off track because everything literally comes through that. Your power, your ability to see, your ability to operate in your spiritual gift, your ability to do your destiny, to apprehend your identity and then do your destiny. It all comes from staying in the sweet spot of, of love, of that intimacy with him. And so then even on a daily level, which he's challenging us to do now is on a daily level to even on a minute by minute level, what's his heart saying? What's, what's his expression of love in that moment, in that situation you're looking at? And then we know how to operate and how to lead. So Papa, we just want to thank you for the power of your love, for the vastness of your love, 
for the love that we will get to continue to explore and experience on new levels for all of eternity. There is no end to your love and there's nothing that can separate us from it. So that should be our most powerful, powerful position, our most empowering position, our most um, passion driving position. The thing that puts fuel in us every day is the power of your love. So Holy Spirit, I just thank you for this word today. And I thank you that you're drawing our eyes back to you in a new way, that you're fastening our gaze to your face, Father, that you're fastening our gaze to what's on your heart, not just about others and other situations, but about us, so that we can be firmly planted and firmly situated and positioned to have the right heart position in everything that you've called us to do, everything having to do with our identity and our destiny, all of it. So we just thank you for pulling our gaze into an even deeper place of fastening with you so that we can operate in a greater capacity and with greater precision and greater um, efficiency. So we just thank you for your love, Jesus. We thank you for the price that you paid to make this new covenant possible. Thank you for your demonstrated love. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to just show us new aspects of what that demonstrated love actually did for us, made available to us. Open the eyes and the ears of our of our spiritual ears and understanding of this new covenant. We want to operate fully with the eyes of the covenant and the ears of the covenant and let it always be through love first and foremost. So we thank you for the greater measures, the greater levels and the greater treasures that you're pouring out right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.